This is your captain. Our mission. To chart the stars. Push the boundaries of what is known. And what is possible. I'm standing on the surface of a comet. I love this job. These people, this crew, I believe we can do anything. You want to seek out new life? Go where the aliens are. Your presence is blasphemy. Let's talk about this. Find some comp. I think that went well. Welcome everyone to the Pantheon. I'm your host Ray, and I'm Abby. And today we're looking at what well, we're looking at. We're talking about today's it's Star Trek Day, September the eighth. Uh, we've never done this before. In fact, I didn't know there was uh, there was a Star Trek Day. I knew of a Star Wars Day. You know, May the fourth. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why the eighth of September was chosen to be Star Trek. Do you know? I don't know. I'll put it on some sort of like description below. Okay. But uh, today we're going to be reviewing Strange New Worlds. We saw the first few episodes. What were your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts were of, wow, you know, another Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I found out that people in Star Trek died because um, they got killed when they gave the people, sang the same um, tune. Okay. And that was made the people in Star Trek to um, stop that and get rid of the Star Trek because it was um, harming their cast. So yeah, that was the first thing that they had to um, take care of. Okay. I think Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek, I mean, he want I mean, the people, the cast were both inspirational and aspirational. Okay. I think there's always a positive message about humanity, uh, and that's what they carry on in, in every incarnation. Mm-hmm. That um, in their future, uh, we've settled our differences, and like because they show there's a scene where Pike is mediator between these two cult- these two nations, mm-hmm. these two cultures, and to prevent war, like we ha- humans, we had our own civil war and fought, and we brought we brought us to the brink of destruction with World War Three, and then. Mm-hmm. He showed prosperity ruled the land, like prosperity happened after the fact, you know. The worst of, hum- of humanity could, could have been the January 6th Capitol riots and, you know, the worst that we've come we've come to blows and stuff. So I like the idea that, you know, uh, yeah, we have to go play in the mud in order to you know, see the rainbow, you know, mm-hmm. when it rains. Yeah. You know. Um, I think, well, I like the cast. I think, uh, well, first of all, do you like the captain here, Captain Pike? Um, he's not bad. Nice mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. And I grew up watching, like, the uh, William Shatner occurred. Mm-hmm. So, Pike, I knew from him from the, um, the, the Cage episode where he's in the wheelchair and mm-hmm. he's sort of... And in this series, this is a spin-off from Star Trek Discovery. There's a set of events that happened in Discovery where uh, the, the Enterprise was... Uh, he was a captain of Discovery for a little bit. Yeah. And he saw his future, which was the Cage. I think that's episode was called a menagerie, mm-hmm. where he sees him being a, a husk of a human being kept trapped in a uh, a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and that's so. If you're a fan of the '60s Shatner one, yeah. uh, Christopher Pike, who was Kirk's captain, so we as the audience know his future. He himself knows his future. Mm-hmm. So it's um, uh, what's what's I guess the the phrase is uh, um, uh, there's a foreshadowing, but like. 
self-fulfilled prophecy. Mm-hmm. Like he knows the people who he helps, and he knows his destiny. And he's a man, knowing his destiny is still going to go forward, and he knows he can't change it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you might be able to change it. We don't know. I mean, they undid the uh, Kirk with the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. So yeah, <clears throat> you don't know. Uh, I like the series. It was really interesting. I, I saw the first five episodes. I'm writing a little blog about certain connections between this and the nurse, or with Kirk, or with Pike, or with uh, Spock. Uh, what, what do you think of Spock in this one? Um, he's very direct. Mm-hmm. You know, very, yeah, you know, very, he, he, he likes order, mm-hmm. you know. Hence, there's Spock and mm-hmm. saying, that he might be around too, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, um, yeah, I I like it a lot. Mm. He's not imitating Leonard Nimoy. I mean, he's bringing on his his own character to Spock, right. uh, making him distinctive. But I I see him. I see Spock when I see him before. Like he has that yeah. calm. He you know this one this Spock has a bit of an edge to him, a little uh, chaos, but there's still a calm mm-hmm. of science and order. Uh, Star Trek at its core is about optimism. And what I love is that in this particular moment in time where there is so much division and and I think so many people are feeling that around the world, Star Trek keeps reminding us of the possibility of what we can be. And I've always sort of thought of it as a compass or a roadmap to our better selves. And that's the thing for me that keeps me most invested in continuing to tell Star Trek stories. I think that science fiction... um, at its core is not really about the future. Science fiction is really about now. Trek, I think, did that better than, than anybody because Gene saw the issues of the day. Uh, you could tell how incensed he was by them, but he was smart because he understood that if, if I attack this directly, I'll, I'll never get it on the air. If I use science fiction and, and use allegory to address the issues that are going on now, I can actually talk about them in a way that's very palatable to people. So my feeling is that part of the responsibility of Star Trek for every generation who's carrying it forward is to look at the issues of the day as as they did in the 60s and say, how can we, how can we tell stories that reflect our time? You really can't do Star Trek without thinking of it in that in that way, I, I think. Like I saw the first five episodes, I kind of like went through a, a small binge. Uh, I'm actually compelled to watch the remaining, uh, I think five. Uh, I was told that the first couple, the first few episodes, you know, you're following an individual character. Like they're narr- they narrate the opening. Like we had a horror story, and then Spock's story. You have like um, non story. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, non is a descendant of Khan, right. which uh, at first I forgot that Khan was suspended, suspended animation. Uh, and then uh, he's a character that came out in the 1990s in ter- mm-hmm. terms of like the lore. So uh, yeah, it's interesting how that kind of turns about. Anyways, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's a for me. Did you do you recommend this series to watch? I like it. Now, where does this rank in terms of because you you're a, you were a fan of Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. uh, Next Generation. Yeah, uh, I never watched Enterprise with uh, Scott Bakula, and I never uh, and I didn't. I never really watched Discovery. But like in terms right. of like or or um, Voyager. Where does where do you rank this? Where do you see this rivaling or being better than? Um, just people mm-hmm. like a st- staff at Star Trek. Mm-hmm. What they have to do is now is get along. 
Mm -hmm. because you know because you've got people on the way that Star Trek is or the um, uh, people in it they mm -hmm. have to know how to get along or else it won't work yes that's very true very true so um, yeah. yeah yeah I think Roddenberry had, you know like the one thing to keep with Roddenberry's vision or his uh, mantra of doing the series I mean you know like whether it's Picard Archer Janeway Cisco like whoever mm -hmm. you have uh, you know, you have a stoic, you know, uh, principal leading a person leading a ship, and they have good values and good morals. It's a good moral compass, and the, mm -hmm. and they tr they even though it's a world of you know, the utopian world, there is a, a a moral code, a moral ethics, and it's a, a positivity. Yeah, for sure. With great action, and there's always been a good story, A story and B story, and uh, you felt comfortable with them. If I had to pick person, if I had to pick uh, like who's my favorite captain, I don't have a, a captain who I'd say is my favorite. I said to myself, well, who would you want to have as your boss for five years? Would you want to have Kirk? Who's you know, if you think about what he does, what, what kind of character he has, would you want to have Archer? Would you have want to have Cisco or Janeway as your boss? Or would you be more comfortable having someone like Christopher Pike as your boss, knowing that you'd be stuck with him for five years? Mm -hmm. Wow. I think for me, I think the one I would pick would be Pike, uh, only because he's kind of like the fatherly figure. Like he's he actually he has these dinners with his staff, with his uh, crew, and he's very open and he's. Uh, he talks to them, mm -hmm. whereas I don't think Kirk would have that kind of like open dialogue. I mean, Picard had those poker nights, and with his crew, right. but it was still sort of like structured. Mm -hmm. With Pike, you feel like you could just talk to him on the side and he'd be your friend, right? So, I like his hair. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, you know, he he tells you what he thinks, which is good, yeah. rather than just not force people to do stuff when he has to make a um, decision. That's why I like a pike. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. And just kind of gives you an idea when you watch the Shatner the original series, the Kurt makes a very strong case in his in his defense. Stands right. up for Pike, even though it's, he's going through a bit of a. It's kind of like a jury case, like he's deliberating uh, his mm -hmm. case for Pike for these elder elder god type characters. Right. Um, but anyways, I'm neither here nor there. I, I enjoy it, I, you know, and it's fascinating because you know, we as an audience, depending on where you are, you know where this character's going, he knows where he's going, and and the, the audience who's, whether you watch Discovery or the old generation, we're all on the same boat knowing that this has a trajectory in the five years that goes someplace, inevitably a dark place. Yeah. You know, and yet they're having all these really cool stories and adventures. Mm -hmm. um, I This is a strong recommend. Uh, I find this more entertaining and just more gripping because there's so much things going on. Uh, and if you're a fan of like old school Star Trek or any of the versions of Star Trek, there are Easter eggs, a plethora of them, like all over the place. Mm -hmm. so, okay. Uh, do you recommend this? I do recommend it. I like it. It, mm -hmm. it has moral values in it. Mm -hmm. Well, in that case, uh, well, happy Star Trek Day, which is September 8th. We will talk to you in a few days. I'm Ray. And I'm Abby. We'll talk to you later. Hi. Sorry to interrupt. This is your captain. Our mission, to chart the stars. Push the boundaries of what is known and what is possible. I'm standing on the surface of a comet. I love this job. 
I wanted to seek out new life. <sighs> Go where the aliens are. Your presence is blasphemy. Let's talk about this. Find some comfort. I think that went well. The whole future hangs in the balance. No one can know the future. One can only follow one's instincts. You're the best of Starfleet. Our ability to work together, that's our greatest strength. Let's show them what you got.